imagine a world in which post-traumatic stress no longer robs from millions who suffer. You don't want to get help because you're embarrassed. You don't want to tell people the dark stuff that you've went through. That stigmatism of you can't talk to people it is so true. Post-traumatic stress is not a disorder. It's an injury that can be healed quickly so that those who suffer get back to thriving in their families, communities, and mission. And I said, I yeah. don't wanna, I, I can't, I don't wanna live this trauma again. Yeah. And he goes, yeah. you don't have to. Yeah. And I said, yeah. what? The hospital I went to and the experts, they forgot to tell me I can heal. I didn't know that I can get rid of PTSD. Each week we tell a skeptical world what is possible with stories of those who have successfully cured their trauma. I don't even know what to imagine for myself now, my future, because I have one. This is Life After PTSD. Well, I want to welcome everybody to another episode of Life After PTSD. My name is Jeff McLaughlin, hosting as always, coming to you from Orlando, Florida. But as usual, we have guests on here. Patty Montanino up in the Carolinas. Say hey to everybody. Hey, everybody. You know, I just drove through. Where in the Carolinas are you? Are you directly in Charlotte or where are you? Just outside of Charlotte. We like to say Charlotte. I think I told you I was training with Alan um, two weeks ago up in Guelph and actually stayed with a buddy in Charlotte on the way back, an old friend of mine. And so I should have I should have stopped by. You could have cleared me of some stuff. I had stuff, Patty. All right. You could have cleared me. Of course you do. Of course, <laughs> of course you, you do. do. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> oh, my stuff. goodness. Yeah. yeah, we do. You're right. Hey, and uh, so let's dispense with the pleasantries as usual. You have a guest here today, Jim. And looking forward to this conversation because all I really know is we've got both the first responder thing going on and uh, military, Marines, right? Yes. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the, the moment of insecurity just jumped in. I'm like, you never say army to a Marines guy, Marines to an <laughs> army guy. Like, I don't want to make that mistake, Jim. So, you know, don't get mad at me on that, that one. So, hey, Patty, why don't you open up the conversation? Um, tell the listeners how you and Jim got connected. And let's start from there. Just talking through his story, if we could. So I got uh, connected to Jim through his wife. And there's a little story there, which Jim will talk about. So uh, he is former Marine, and he is a first responder now with our fire department here in the Charlotte area. Brilliant. And so we we just know that there's some stuff from his time in service that needed to be cleared up. And then obviously on the job, he's coming into contact with some difficult situations, and it was just something that we could, we could do that work because we were already working together. So we are probably about five or six sessions in. We don't have a long history, but we've done a lot of good work in a really short amount of time. Somebody give me a, maybe Jim, if you could, if you want to jump right in there, just um, so we can get to know you even a little bit more, but just what's your background? Tell us uh, maybe where you're from originally and um, all that kind of fun I'm stuff. I'm originally from right outside Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. You're an Eagles fan? Who do you go for? I am. I am an Eagles fan. Patty, who do you, where do you find these people, <laughs> Patty? What's the matter with you? They Jim, find me. Yeah, it's true. Jim, listen, I'm a bitter Patriots fan about that Super Bowl a couple years ago. So, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> so Philadelphia and then where? What happened next? Um, three weeks after I graduated high school, I left for boot camp. Um, after boot camp, I was assigned to uh, 1st Battalion, 3rd Marines, Charlotte Company. Uh, deployed to Iraq from August of 2008 until March of 2009. And then Afghanistan from November of 2009 until June 2010. Um, uh, separated from the Marine Corps in July 2011. I um, uh, went to uh, school for a year after that. Realized, you know, being a 
23 year old in a classroom full of uh, 18 year olds wasn't really my cup of tea. Uh, so I was hired by a fire department right outside of Philadelphia, worked there for six years. And then about eight months ago, I was hired by the city of Charlotte. I'm just imagining a 23 year old sitting, yeah, sitting in those classes, having seen and experienced the, the amount of life you had at that point. I bet you that was an interesting, uh, <laughs> cultural oh, yeah. experience right there for sure. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. So you came to Patty, and and what was the hope? What 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 did you reach out for originally? What were you trying to clear uh, or work on? In June, my uh, wife had confronted me that she was not no longer happy in our marriage, and kind of said that there were issues that I needed help with because of holding things in for so long. And sure. Uh, not really being the person that she needed me to be. And uh, she had suggested that I uh, meet up with Patty and see if that could help. So were you guys, uh, you know, as you as you think about that now, were you guys working on like a specific trauma or was it just all of the years of just, you know, the culmination of all the stuff you had been exposed yeah, to? I think it was, it was more or less for me coming in knowing that even stuff from childhood that I had, buried deep down inside for 17, 18 years. Yeah, that's amazing. And Patty, we know um, from just experience of working with with guys like Jim and situations similar to his that, especially in the first responder world, you know, how how high the like the divorce rate is in, in that population. And it's not because you're, de- and we know this, we're not dealing with bad people here. It's just people are carrying stuff and they don't know how to communicate and they shut down. Is, is, is that the kind of situation you know, from your perspective that you saw in Jim, just a guy that was just not able to, you know, sort of articulate and connect uh, with his wife because of these things that he had experienced? I I absolutely think that was definitely um, at play in this relationship. And I think that the foundation for that had been, like he's saying, 17 years in the making. So when we really kind of hit on our top three uh, events that we were going to work on, there was this theme of helplessness that ran through that. And so I think, you know, he feeling this, this, sense of, you know, not wanting to burden anybody. Mm. Um, He obviously has a heart for serving and helping. It really wasn't natural for him to reach out um, and get help, one, from a professional, but even two, within his own, you know, marriage. And so that, that was really taking a toll over the course of time. Yeah. And Jim, I I just want to say, you know, again, thanks for your service, but I, you know, I don't think people, um, hmm. I'm in this world so often with getting to meet people through the podcast, through the work that we're doing and, and hearing the, what that service actually entails. But I think it just never, it never fails to amaze, um, you know, how families are affected by that too. It's not just the guys that are in the first responder world or the military world. It's their, it's their families as well. And we have a, you know, with, the more I think about that, I think it just inspires me to sort of consider the gravity of the sacrifice that you guys make in doing what you do. And so I, I cannot thank you enough, you know, for that. Um, so glad that you're working with Patty, you know, for starters and, um, you know, getting relief. I, I, I hope that, you know, we'll say this again at the end of the show that one of the messages that would be a takeaway today is for anybody listening who is in the world that Jim works in and, you know, needs to be working with somebody like Patty, don't waste time, right? Now is your moment. If you're, if you're there, you know, don't waste time, go do something about it. Right. Would you agree with that, Jim? Oh, absolutely. You know, I regret, you know, waiting for so long and taking what it took for me to reach out 
and get help and not getting it sooner. Yeah. So if I could, let me ask you on that too, because one of the things that we hear a lot of times from people in your world is it, it, it's one of two ways. I really don't hear a whole lot of neutral answers on this one. Either the culture centered around, let's say, trauma is so that, you know, you can go and get help and not be ostracized for it. Or it's the opposite where trauma, quote unquote, does not exist and you just got to suck it up. And if you even, you know, even hint at having some kind of issue that you need to, to clear with a, a counselor or whatever, you know, it could mean your job. Um, which which of those two worlds? Do, I mean, first of all, do you agree with that assessment? And it, and oh, so, absolutely. Yeah. You know, being, you know, being an 18, 19 year old kid, you know, coming back from, you know, a combat tour, um, you know, it, it was offered, you know, that you can, there's this one person, you know, for, you know, a thousand guys to go and talk to. And then, uh, but it was more or less like, you know, you know, be a man, you know, suck it up. You don't need help, you know, just, just bury it down. And that, um, even when I first started with the, uh, fire service, you know, it was still the same, uh, mentality and it, it probably hasn't really been, you know, maybe the last year or so where, you know, getting help, you know, has, you know, started to become, acceptable sure you know that you know but the fact that you know it's it's taken what it has you know especially in the veteran community with you know the amount of suicides and whatnot that mm-hmm. is more or less what it took for i guess for people to realize like hey you know maybe burying everything deep down inside isn't so good after all yeah and jim we had a um, a guy on many many episodes ago uh caleb who came on with one of our clinicians here in central florida um kathy leggett who <laughs> kathy is the eap for the the community in which caleb works in and she did an amazing job of i mean i i forgot exactly how they got connected i think it had something to do with you know caleb starting to show the signs of just you know carrying the weight of the load that he had gone through he had there's some code blues and stuff in there and i mean his story was fantastic but he, uh, you know, somebody said, I, you need to go see this person, Kathy, you know, and he's, uh, some, it, was, it was like the one person within the force that kind of just recognized the signs and said, hey, man, like, I've been there, I know what you're going through, and uh, here's somebody that I trust, and so, you know, he, I, I don't know if that he went kicking and screaming, but I think that he certainly went, and he was kind of masking what was going on, and, you know, thank God for Kathy, who would step in and just go, you know, I'm not putting up with the nonsense, you know, Caleb, I know why you're here, we're going to work through this, and she was a she was a pit bull with him. And the cool thing is, is that the net result of that is he got to come on and tell his story just like you're doing now for the benefit of others out there. There's something powerful even in what you're doing today, Jim, right? Of mm-hmm. just being able to share, hey, look, this was my story. And it, it didn't mean, you know, the, the stigma we, we fight against often is that trauma is an illness rather than an injury. And I think that you've discovered already in your time working with Patty that the stuff that you're going through can be cleared. And you can get back to that normal of your deciding, not the one that is dictated for you and, Absolutely. you know, resume with life. Yeah. So that's amazing. So tell me, tell me, <laughs> tell me first session, man. So you, you meet her. I, I want to hear this perspective from both of you guys. First time you guys meet, um, Jim, what were your expectations um, um, for the first session? I really had no idea what to expect, to be quite <laughs> honest. Um, and I mean, Patty will even tell you, you know, like I was kind of standoffish. Sure. I didn't really open up a whole lot. You know, I didn't. I didn't really know what to expect with everything, but um, as the session went on, you know, I started to realize, you know, and get more comfortable that, you know, this is a great thing. And, you know, ever since then, all the other sessions, of, you know, come in, sit down and get right to work. 
That's amazing. Patty, somebody that came in and was standoffish. I've, I've never heard of this before. No, I mean, to me, I'm like, oh, he was? I mean, I'm like, used to that. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's such normal behavior. You would be shocked if he was otherwise, right? Yeah. I was like, well, I didn't even register with me. Well, but, so okay. what did register with you when you met Jim for the first time? So, you know, I was really pleased that he was open to coming because I realized that he was kind of sent to me and we had shared the uh, the Dan Jarvis videos. And so he he maybe came in with an idea. And I feel like, you know, Dan Jarvis is speaking to to everybody, but he's definitely speaking to a certain person out there. And Absolutely. I feel like that Dan has helped open the door for many, many people. And we're thankful for that. So, you know, right away, I, I don't want to know too many details like you. I kind of just come in like, all right, you know, where are we at? Let's get to work. So yeah. we ran through, you know, just a little bit of background and we even kind of drilled down on, on an event. And then from there was able to just run through the, the screening questions to just kind of assess how intense this, this experience has been for him. Yeah. And to be honest, you know, Jim's one of the guys, so either he totally underreported, and I don't necessarily believe that's the case, or he just doesn't see the things that happen as so significant. So he was really kind of on a, um, like a borderline as far as meeting, truly meeting the criteria for PTSD. And so I think that in and of itself, probably for a long time had presented a barrier for him even considering that there was maybe help to get because he's had, you know, the 15 or so, um, you know, buddies commit suicide and he's not in that category of someone who even has thought that way. So it's almost hard to say, well, then why would I need the help? So I think it, we had to kind of pull back and say, well, what, you know, what can we do here to help you when you're not even sure that you need help? Yeah, if I could real quick, is that a, um, in your world, Patty, is that something, and, and I think, Jim, this is a question for you to answer as well, uh, is that another thing that we're really fighting against, the people out there who really go, man, the, you know, the PTSD thing is a thing, but it's really, it's really for this drastic situation over here, and I just, I mean, do you find, do you find that there's, or do you, would you assess that there are a lot of people out there um, that are in Jim's sort of shoes and just kind of going, I don't think it's me. So I'm kind of stuck in the, in the middle ground somewhere where there may not be, you know, answers or any kind of help. What, what do you think about that? Oh, absolutely. You know, just because an event, like I noticed that, um, like some events I didn't think affected me in drastic ways, but it was more or less like a bunch of little things that I guess just added up over time. Um, you know, with events that I just kind of put off as, oh, you know, I'm all right. You know, yeah. it wasn't that bad. Yeah. And Jim, as you think about your, um, you think about your relationship with your wife and, it, you know, she obviously reached, you know, expressed to you that there was a struggle there. Were there any other, um, either internal or outward signs that, you know, you were just kind of aware of that were, uh, you know, starting to say to you, Hey, we got a problem here. There's something going on, you know, like sleeplessness or panic attacks or anything. Were you, were you going through any of that kind of stuff? Not I when I first got out of uh, the Marine Corps, you know, I had, you know, there'd be some nights like that, but it probably hasn't been since maybe like 2012. But I never, I never realized anything, um, you know, with my marriage. Every now and then, my wife would approach me, you know, saying that she wished that, you know, I would open up more. Mm. You know, and, uh, you know, just share things with her, 
I guess more or less I would for like a week or two, but then I would just go back to my old ways. And I'm sure your wife is an amazing woman and probably like the rest of our, our, you know, my wife out there that just incredible resilience, I think. And we, you know, we, uh, they can put up with a lot of stuff, you know, for a long time, I think probably a lot less than we as, as men and husbands do, but you know, then there comes that tipping point as you know, and, Mm -hmm. um, and you guys reached out. I think you're, you know, I think we're talking about something that's also really important to talk about when we're talking about trauma is that, you know, uh, we all have an individual tipping point and it may not check all the boxes as far as what the criteria diagnostically is for PTSD, but that we, we talk about clearing trauma and, and there's a spectrum of what, you know, what trauma is and how intensely it affects somebody's life. Um, and it doesn't need to be waking you up every night in cold sweats. You don't need to be at the bar every night. You don't need to be raging every day that, and still have plenty of work to do to lead a better life, you know, and really be, you know, the you that you're meant to be. We say that a lot. And so like Jim, I really related because personally I had, certainly experienced some traumas. And yet because of the work I do, even I had my own blinders on because I was like, well, what I went through wasn't, you know, quote unquote, that bad. So I didn't really see in all, all the ways it was affecting me, just like I think it took Jim some time to see all the ways that it was affecting him. So I really, I mean, I have a heart for anybody that's been through a traumatic event, but I really have a heart for people who've been through a traumatic event and don't realize that it like qualifies, you know, that, that there is help for that. And it doesn't have to be worse than that to still be significant enough to work on. Mm. Let's do this. Let's let's take a break here. And then after the break, I'm going to come back and I want to know, you know, the most important thing that we get to share is aside from the fact that there is hope, it's getting to tell the story of, you know, Jim, who you're becoming now. And so just be thinking about that as we tee that question up and to the listeners out there, just sit tight, um, grab some of these words from some of our sponsors and we'll be back in just a second here after we reset some things. So here we are after the break, just having a great conversation with Patty and uh, Jim um, up in the Carolinas right now. By the way, I was going to ask you guys, how's the weather up there right now? Just because I want to feel bad about myself. It's hot. Oh, then now I feel better. Good. (laughs) Good. You deserve it. Yesterday. It was what? 99. I think it's hotter here, Jeff. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like I was about to say, I think uh, that's crazy because when I was up there a few weeks ago, it was pretty nice weather. You know, it was really Mm -hmm. good things. You guys had a heat spell there or something. Well, I shouldn't tell you that in, uh, in Ontario with Alan a couple weeks ago, it was, uh, there was not a cloud in the sky the entire week. And it was between like 58 and 68 night and day temperatures. It was gorgeous. It was amazing. Right. Yeah. I just I, I told my wife, I said, I miss you, but can you just come up here and we'll just live, you know, like bring the kids and drive up here. I'm staying up here. You know, it's great. Hey, let's do this. Let's have this conversation now about in the first of all, it's been, you know, you said, what, four or five, six sessions that you guys have been meeting. How long of a time span um, from when you guys first started to a meeting, Patty? What 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 are we talking here? A couple months or what? So we've been meeting about weekly. So oh, cool. we're only maybe a little over a month in. Okay, awesome, awesome. So Jim, talk to me then about uh, what have you seen change? Um, I would say personally, you know, I I have started to express uh, feelings more. Um, I don't, you know, keep things buried inside of me. You know, if something's bothering me, I express it and uh, work through it. So that's definitely been a, a huge 
step going forward with everything. Patty, what are you seeing in the course of the month with, uh, you know, with Jim? What, what have you noticed in him in terms of changes? Well, just our ability to go through the protocol has been uh, faster every time. And then I think we were hitting about session three where we were even ready to introduce a third event. And at the end of session two, when we kind of were like queuing up what would be my uh, for next time. He said, oh, OK, you know what? We've got a little bit of time, but this one's going to be big and it's going to be hard. And you know, I'm not ready to go there. And yeah. what we were going to talk about in that session was going to be um, his friend's suicide. So I was like, okay, got it. We'll, we'll save this one, you know? So by the time he came in the next time, I was like, okay, you know, we, we did the steps we were supposed to do for the previous events that we were working through and then said, okay, you know, are you ready to jump into this? And really at that point, it wasn't something that needed to use the trauma focused NLP. It was something that we could just talk about because he was just ready to express grief around the situation yeah, yeah, and, and all of the other stuff that he, that he thought was there wasn't there anymore, that there really was no helplessness around the situation because we had cleared helplessness in two other events. So cool. Prior. Yeah. Which were prior events too, I assume, right? Like root cause events kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Older things. Yeah. That's so in that amazing, we're, uh, Jim, we're always amazed how that works you know the brain's just ready to heal like I, I I don't think that will ever get old for me it's just that understanding that you know people think they have this and then not that it's not a ama- I mean obviously that's a tragic situation that you would have worked on you know with Patty and if that had been the right. root cause that would have been an amazing thing to clear but I'm just always amazed at what happens when the the work is done for the things that you know uh, precede that and the brain just gets into that healing mode and it's like wow I'm able to talk about that now that's crazy how did that happen you know Mm-hmm. Uh, don't don't think that on on our end here that it ever gets old because I'm I'm always amazed at that. It's just one of those things that I go, man, that's just like a miracle. It's incredible. Yeah, so cool. So so Jim, what's next for you? Like as you're starting to, to kind of sort of reconnect with with the good things in life and everything, what are you mm-hmm. looking forward to in the the coming days? I guess just to uh, you know continue working, you know, with Patty. Um, I guess just going forward to you know so I can continue you know on this path with you know the healing and you know not keeping stuff in and you know I guess more or less getting stuff off of my chest and you know using this this process to uh you know clear things you know because I'm sure you know still being in the line of a first responder that you know I'm going to come across you know events that are going to have a huge impact on me yeah hey patty speak to that because that's a great point to bring up you know he's talking about this idea that all right we're clearing this stuff up until now but life still happens doesn't it yeah life is is still happening so so we were we were in our second session and i said to him how you been you know we had worked on something really big uh you know prior related to his service and he's like i was doing great up until thursday and i said oh Okay, tell me what happened on Thursday. So Jim starts telling me a story about, <clears throat> excuse me, a um, a call that he got involving a fatality of an infant, and we were able to process that. And I said, well, you know, okay, well, what did um, what did what did they offer you? Like, what did the fire department do to deal with this situation? And he told me that they put him in a room, and the other people on the call were all there, and they shared their experience. I was like, oh, okay, okay, so you got to hear all the parts of the story that you didn't even necessarily know. So you got to hear from somebody else's perspective or somebody who worked on this from doing, you know, whatever 
service they provided, you got to hear what they did and how they were affected by it and how, you know, they were impacted by it. Okay, good. Now you have a really full picture of all, you know, everybody's terrible experience of this incident. Great. Okay. So, I mean, obviously I say that a little bit sarcastically. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm like, okay, great. Now, yeah, you can fill in any of the blanks that you didn't already have. Cool. So then what we did was we just ran the protocol on it and and cleared it right then and there. And I said, well, what's the follow-up? What does the fire department offer you as a follow-up? He said, oh, well, you know, we'll get together again in a month and talk about it all over again. I was like, oh, okay. And he said, you know, but there's somebody we can call in the interim. And I said, who takes advantage of that? And he said, nobody. I said, of course they don't. So here was a, you know, and these, these calls are definitely from what I've heard from many folks who, who work in first responder. I mean, all these when children are involved, when infants are involved, these are some of the hardest calls that, that, you know, these folks get. And so really there wasn't that much help offered to them or, or help to the best that they thought that they were offering, but this was so easy. This was really one session. And now it's something he was able to go back to work, talk about, and it's, it's not, he's not carrying it around anymore. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, like it had been bothering me, you know, the days leading up to that session, you know, the uh, like the first night, you know, after it happened, I didn't sleep at all. You know, it's just, you know, playing the situation over and over again. And then, you know, once, you know, we worked through the situation, you know, I was, you know, no problems at all. Hey, t- yeah. let's do this. I think this would be a good place to land and, and let both of you speak to the world of first responders and also the military guys because this has dual appeal here um somebody's out there listening to jim's story and going yeah you know what i'm i, I didn't i didn't witness maybe the crazy thing in afghanistan or iraq and and maybe i'm it's it's not like one crazy deep specific trauma that i can identify in the first responder world it's just it's you know night after night after night of those you know, still pretty horrific calls and everything. It's all weighing on me. What What would you guys say to those guys that are out there, guys and gals that are out there listening to them as a word of encouragement? Don't be afraid to, uh, you know, get help. Don't wait until it's too late. You know, sure, you know, people might, you know, make some comments about you about going to get help, but, you know, it's your well-being over theirs. Good word. Patty? Yeah, just to piggyback on that, that, you know, nobody has to know. I mean, when you come down to it, even even your clinician, if we're using these particular protocols, even we don't really have to know too many of the details. So you just work through it. You get through it quickly and you get back to your life. And then if you want to share about it, you're going to share about it from the other side. And that's when you're going to encourage somebody else to get the help that you got because you're speaking to somebody from from a place of being healed, not a place of being hurt. And so it's definitely much more easier to speak to them on the other side of it. As you guys know, Patty, as you know, this is the whole reason we do this show, right? For the benefit. It's not just for the benefit of those who are subscribed already. We, we know, you know they're on board with us. We get that. But it's the ones that you know, need to hear an episode like this and, you know, it'll get shared eventually with uh, with a first responder out there and whatever, you know, whatever the situation, military guy, you know. And uh, I, Jim, I want to thank you because, again, these stories are powerful because you have the credibility to communicate to an audience that I can't. So the least that we can do is to give you a platform to do that. And that's true for any of our guests. 
And um, we just uh, we love the work that people like Patty are doing that, you know, basically enter into these conversations with guys like you believing in what, and having seen, you know, having a reason to believe and believing what is possible for you on the other side. And so that's, that's our heart. And that's our message for the listeners out there is we're believing for them and what, what is on the other side of trauma and what can be done and what kind of life they can have. And I think for, um, you know, for people like Patty and I, we have this just sort of sense of duty. Like it's, it's our duty. You had your duty. It's ours to, serve our first responder and military community in this way, right? If they're out there putting their lives on the line, like, you know, Jim, you're up in the Carolinas, obviously you're not here in Orlando, but it's guys like you doing that same job here in Orlando that are keeping my family safe. The least that we can do for them in response, right, is to make sure that they are, they're both job ready, but also that we take care of their well-being. And so it's a privilege and honor to be able to do that. And I want to thank you for the courage of sharing your story. Um, you, you did an amazing job. Yeah. And uh, Patty, thanks as always for bringing in mystery guests. You know, I enjoy these, uh, these pleasant surprises <laughs> that you just do. I think you, I think you're starting to like doing this to me and uh, that's cool. I'm all right. I, I'm, I feel blessed, you know, to be able to have these kinds of conversations. Um, Patty, how do they connect with you? If somebody's out there listening up in the Carolinas and they want to get in touch with you, uh, what's the best way to do that? Well, I got a website and it's my name, Patty Montanino. And I know it's in the show notes spelled properly because if you try to sound it out or say it like Jeff, you will never I know. You I, won't get it right. And I say it differently every single time, but I got every that Nino thing. Time. It's like El Nino, right? Like right. I, yep. I'm a force to be reckoned with. You yeah. are. <laughs> That's my subconscious. My unconscious mind is saying that to you, Patty. That's what it is. So it tells you how I feel about you. Oh. <laughs> and it's yeah. a good thing, I promise. So PattyMontanino.com. Yep. Awesome. Patty Very cool. Hey, yep. to the listeners out there, we want you to click subscribe. When you're subscribed, you get notifications about the new shows that drop. And so every Monday, we release a new episode of Life After PTSD. Sometimes there's a bonus episode on Thursdays as well. But when you are subscribed, you are informed. And the only other thing that we ask of you is if you're out there listening to this today, you know somebody that needs to hear this, shoot them a text and share this episode with them and help spread the word of what we're doing. Thank you for being on board with us with the cause. And we will catch you next week on Life After PTSD. We're so grateful that you listened to the show today. Now imagine a new normal you get to decide with all its possibilities once you are free of PTSD, because that is what is possible. You're here, which means you're ready, but listening alone will not heal you or those you know who are suffering. Join us on the mission to eradicate PTSD by reaching out to lifeafterptsd.org or in Canada, lifeafterptsd.ca, or by sharing this message of hope with someone you know.